Hello friends, I hope you're doing well. I am Ryan Stevens and I am excited to bring you the Catalyzing Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2020. It's an exciting start to another exciting year. I am your host, Ryan Stevens, and this is the Catalyzing Podcast. Excited to kick off 2020 with a really amazing guest, uh, athletic trainer Kevin Bryles. He is the current ATSNJ president, soon to to be outgoing, and he, he served our state very well over the last year. And uh, we're excited to talk about building your team. And I want you to think about who is on your team as an athletic trainer, those you surround yourself with, and how do you cultivate those relationships? And ultimately, what does shared accountability look like when you're a part of that team? As athletic trainers, interprofessional collaboration is critical for our success, and we really have to think about the team that we surround ourselves with. Really, anyone who directly or indirectly plays a role in the holistic, high-quality healthcare and safety of the people that you serve as an athletic trainer. In this conversation, Kevin and I are going to dive deep into the concept of creating your team. Uh, Kevin's going to talk about who he considers key members of, of his team, and we're going to discuss effective and successful approaches to really create positive team dynamics. And as you further continue, as you further develop your team personally, whoever that may be in, in 2020, I'm hoping that they're supportive of you, and I'm hoping that you can take these tips to heart and really reflect on uh, what is the current state of your team and what can you do to enhance it. Kevin is a 1997 graduate of Gettysburg College, and he's been practicing as a licensed athletic trainer in New Jersey for 22 years now. He served as district athletic trainer and uh, assistant to the athletic director at Delcy Regional High School since 2004. You're going to hear his story in our in our conversation. And previously, he deser- he uh, served as the director of athletic training services for Kessler Memorial Hospital for six years. Along with his duties at Delcy, uh, Browse, he also served as an athletic trainer for the New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association Championships in swimming, indoor and outdoor track, and wrestling at the district, regional, and state tournament levels. Uh, furthermore, he's really done some awesome things serving as the site manager for the wrestling state certification, uh, for the weight certification as a master weight assessor, as a member of the NJSIAA's Sports Medicine Advisory Committee, and a, a very high level of activity in a number of other committees uh, around the state pertaining to interscholastic athletics. Um, he serves as a clinical preceptor as well at Rowan University and an adjunct professor and uh Within the ATSNJ, like I mentioned, he is our current president, and uh, he is highly, highly involved at the state level of helping our association do some really great things. He's a member of the New Jersey Scholastic Coaches Association Hall of Fame and a previous recipient of Gettysburg College's Romeo Capozzi Award, uh, as well as the NJSIAA Athletic Training Service Award and the Gloucester County Police Chiefs Association's Civilian Service Award. That's a lot of great stuff, friends, and I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you. So uh, I look forward to hearing your feedback after this. Here we go. Kevin Bryles and I talking about creating your team. Enjoy. 
All right, Kevin, it's great to, to be here with you to have you on the Catalyzing Podcast for Athletic Trainers. I always uh, enjoy our interactions whenever mm-hmm. you and I get to get together. And well, we, we certainly always, laugh a lot. That's, that's one thing. You know what? That's what makes it fun. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a great conversation. We get a little mm-hmm. deep at times, but we mm-hmm. also laugh and we have uh, some good thoughts. So, Absolutely. Um, that's why I was excited to have an opportunity to, to have a conversation with you today about just the concept of creating your team. And, and a lot of different aspects of what we do as athletic training. But first and foremost, tell us a little bit about your journey in terms of what was it that made you want to be a certified athletic trainer? Um, kind of who inspired you in that path and ultimately what led to you being here at uh, Delsey Regional? It, that's funny. I was either going to go into the medical field or be a meteorologist, one of the two. I wanted to be the guys that flew into the uh, hurricanes, but then I realized <laughs> they can't add two and two together, and they tell me there's a lot of math in meteorology, so I'm like, <laughs> that was done. But like most other people in our position, I really, really, athletics played a significant role in my life, and I was very interested in in medicine, and the field of athletic training together was the perfect combination. And so seeing our first full-time athletic trainer here at Delsey, now I'm the athletic trainer at Delsey, but I was also a student here. My father was a coach and a teacher here for 42 years. Mm -hmm. So seeing our first full-time athletic trainer here, Dave Heil, it really, to see what he did and the influence he had upon the student athlete population in such a positive way, I'm like, you know, this is definitely what I wanted to do. Uh, I moved on to Gettysburg College where I went to the athletic training program. My sophomore year, I sustained a couple concussions in the same season Hmm. playing football. And then I realized I wasn't going to the NFL. So (laughs) again, dealing with the interaction with three of my mentors, Joe Denali, Lefty Beiser, Mike Cantelli, out at Gettysburg, it solidified this is what I wanted to do as a profession. So back then, that was the internship model. So I did do my 1,500 hours. I did do my coursework. And I had to get in a car and drive to Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania and take you know the practical, the written sim, and the hands-on <laughs> portion. That, that was old school. Yeah. And um, I ended up, after that, I ended up doing a couple years of grad work at Temple University. Um, and that was a great experience for me. Steve Pymer was my clinical advisor there, and I got to meet some fantastic physicians in Ray Moyer, Joe Thoder, uh, Dr. Balasubramanian, and Ted Quadenfeld was a Temple guy. He's a legend in the Philadelphia sports medicine scene. He was retired, mm-hmm. but he had an office above ours, so I got to interact a lot with Ted and his larger-than-life personality obviously mm-hmm. had an influence. I was kind of courted back here. My brother was... Um, was graduating from college and I was back from Temple and I was going to be a GA for football there and I was excited. Penn State, your people, yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, Miami. Now they weren't good at the time, but I was going to be on the sideline, yeah. so I was excited. So we're at my brother's graduation party. I'm tapping a keg and a couple of the town fathers come up to me. They said, it's time for you to uh, come back home. We need an athletic trainer in the high school. My predecessor is moving on to the classroom. Remember everything that everyone did for you as a kid? I said, absolutely. They said, it's time to give back. They said, we got great people in this town, and they have outstanding kids. And I haven't looked back since, and I can honestly say I'm probably one of the luckiest guys in the world with how I work. It's great kids, great town, great people. So That's fantastic, and that kind of speaks to the culture of this town with you growing up around here and just wanting to be a part of that and mm-hmm. the whole concept of, you know, so... Over the course of your your youth, you were mentored. People did good for you, mm-hmm. and then you wanted to do one back for them. And mm-hmm. it's 
paid off for you. I can tell oh, and you're tremendously happy <laughs> in, in your role. Um, this is a beautiful athletic training space mm -hmm. that you got here. And uh, I can just tell by the way you carry yourself mm -hmm. as a professional that you know, you're passionate about what you do. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is because you love where you are right now. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and I teach ONA at Rowan University, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to teach these kids about budgeting and ethics. And I start the class every day with, realize I'm spoiled rotten. Okay, and they'll get it. They say, "What do you mean?" Then they say, "Oh, now we get it. No, I'm spoiled rotten, and I got a great community that really backs me in what I do here. So, can't say enough good things about them. That's so. fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what we talked, wanted to talk about today was the concept of creating your team, and mm -hmm. as you've shown here, to be successful in a school district, and it goes the same can be said for in a college setting and any other setting. You really have to, you can't do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to Absolutely have a not. team of support around you. So talk a little bit about, you know, who are your healthcare teammates here at, at Delsey Regional? Um, who do you collaborate with on a regular basis as a school athletic trainer? I tell you what, the number one person I collaborate with on a daily basis is my school nurse, Cindy Mendenhall, and, and she is absolutely aces. We probably, if we're not talking on the phone five or six times a day, we're emailing each other. Mm -hmm. So it's that constant collaboration with the school nurse. And um, again, she appreciates what I do. I appreciate what she does. And we work very, very well as a team. We kind of have... We both have an odd sense of humor, so we match up well with that. Uh, I have a great backing of an orthopedic group here with Reconstructive Orthopedics. Uh, my team physician is Brad Bernardini. Uh, he's a sports med and uh, orthopedic specialist, so I'm very lucky to have a guy like that in my cor corner. Speaking to Dr. B, probably, honestly, probably every day, if not four or five times a week. Mm -hmm. And he's got a group of physicians and medical professionals, professionals behind him that are second to none, and they do a great job of... Um, of backing us up. And, and lastly, but not leastly, there's another ATC in the building. My predecessor still teaches here. Yeah, so he shows great. up every now and then during the course of the day to use the coffee machine. And that allows me to talk shop because a lot of athletic trainers, you think about it, you're, you know, you're the only one in the building. Mm -hmm. At least when Dave walks in, he, hey, what's going on? And I can bounce things off of him and his years upon years. He's very old, Dave Heil. Um, years upon years of experience, and it's, it's, it's good for me as a professional, too, because that continues to allow me to grow. And that's a good, uh, good point. A lot of times, a lot of athletic trainers in schools are by themselves. Mm -hmm. They're the only AT in that district. Um, and many times in that case, they also may be you know, overworked and a little overburdened because mm -hmm. they are the only one. So and underappreciated sometimes. Absolutely. absolutely, right? So it's even more important for them to have that team around mm -hmm. them. And it's great that you have that resource as your predecessor is still around here. Um, I think athletic trainers can, even if they don't have an athletic trainer who works in their own school, mm -hmm. they can still leverage those athletic trainers in their local network at local schools oh, absolutely. Uh, to kind of get that same um, benefit. Even though they don't technically work in the same school, they can bounce ideas off of each other, Absolutely. and that's about developing that network there. Mm -hmm. um, you spoke about uh, the, the relationship you have with your school nurse. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that a lot of times over the you know over the course of my career, I've met athletic trainers who don't have a great relationship with their school nurse for a variety of reasons, and and I think there's mutual shared ownership in the reason why that's not a great well, relationship. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what are some tips that you would have just specifically for school nurses that you would have for other athletic trainers 
to cultivate that relationship and, and make it effective. I think that relationship is, is evolving. I think the further along the timeline we go, the better off we're going to be. The athletic trainer in the secondary school, at least in New Jersey, is a pretty well-established position. So maybe 20, 25 years ago, that was necessarily the case. And you could have a school nurse, and in some cases, rightfully so, looking at this individual out of the corner of their eye saying, what is their role here? Right off the bat with Cindy, when she came in, I think Cindy's been here about 15 years. This is what I do. I will never step on your feet. This is how I can help you. And this is what I'm kind of looking forward to you helping me with, too. And we still collaborate um, clinically as well, too. Hey, Cindy, what the heck is this? Or she'll say, hey, Kevin, I got a gym class injury. Can Can you spend five minutes with this kid and kind of put me in the right direction? Communication is the key right off the bat. And you and I have spoken about the whole concept mm-hmm. of civility a lot, too. Right. I think that's really the case. You got to be civil. You got to be civil. And that's how we've cultivated our relationship. And again, lucky person I am. Yeah, I think that's that's a key component of it when you are proactive in that communication right from the start and setting mutual expectations. Mm-hmm. The civility of, I've got the utmost respect for what you do as a school nurse. Um, I want to understand more about it. Please help to educate mm-hmm. me about your background, about what you feel comfortable with, what you don't feel comfortable with. And let me do the same for you as a certified licensed athletic trainer. Having that conversation alleviates a ton of the problems right off the Absolutely. bat. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes to say with every other relationship that you have as well in terms of what are the mutually benefiting ways that we can work together. Uh, let's speak specifically now to your team position, your school mm-hmm. docs. You know, what are some things that you do to cultivate that? Besides talking on the phone with, with them on a regular basis, what are some tips that you have for cultivating that relationship and how have you gotten it to be so solid? Historically, again, things have really evolved over the past 15, 20 years. For years, it was the local family doctor covering the football game on a Friday night. With the evolution of the plan of care and the standing orders in New Jersey, I think it kind of forced both parties to really come together Mm -hmm. and spell out exactly what we're doing. So in August, I know I have that meeting with Dr. Bernardini. We're going to sit down. We're going to have some lunch. We're going to go through the plan of care. He's going to ask me, how has your training expanded? What have you done? What do you think about cupping? What do you think about scraping? Do you feel competent doing this? Are you properly trained to do it? And if that's the case, it's considered that that will be placed into my plan of care. And the relationship of him not only working on a Friday night, but also being in constant contact regarding how I'm treating my kids, it, it, it allowed this relationship to cultivate not only professionally, but I consider Brad a good friend of mine. And I consider him a, a trusted confidant, and I, he's one hell of a doctor as well, too. And he's a fantastic resource for me. And again, I think the physicians are seeing the positive aspect of having individuals with our skill set in secondary schools they want to learn from us as well, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not only me reaching out to him, him, me trying to cultivate with him. He's trying to cultivate a relationship with me. And his partners are as well, too. And that's exciting. That's very, very exciting. So mm-hmm. it's a good stuff. I agree with that. As our profession continues to grow and, and become the public understanding of what we do becomes uh, better, mm-hmm. uh, I, I also see that happening with physicians, just to speak to what you said. And it's disappointing how often you hear stories of athletic trainers who never see the physician that signed their plan of care or that they don't have regular conversations Mm -hmm. with them. Um, You know, and there's different ways, there's different roadblocks to that, I think, that that you can work on addressing. But first and foremost is you have to be proactive about that. Absolutely. Both parties, the athletic trainer and the physician have to understand one another. 
um, and be comfortable with one another so that you can maximize that relationship that you have. And note a physician's schedule as well too. I know if I call him 1120 right now, I know he's in surgery on Monday. So right. I know that's not necessarily an effective use of my time or his time. So from there, I can leave a message with his medical assistant. I can text him. I can give him a phone call mm -hmm. saying, hey, I need a phone call back. And you know what? If he's stopping for lunch or after, or after school, he stopped by and we just talked before, that conversation you know, is constantly moving. And it's, it's great, great stuff. So outside of the physicians and the school nurse, who are some of your other teammates that you would say that you collaborate with on a regular basis here at the school? Well, think about the coaching staff. That's who mm -hmm. we're here to support. The, um, in addition to sending out, my coaches get the, the mandatory email every day regarding the injury report, who can do this, who can yeah. do that, and we're backing all that up. Throughout the course of the day, if it's a coach that's out of the building, we're texting. Um, we have an away soccer game today in the South Jersey semifinal. I've spoken to my coach, I think, twice already so far today. Um, we have two or three coaches out, literally work right outside my door. So I'm in contact with the football coach, the softball coach, or the uh, soccer coaches this time of year. So it's, it's very, very important to have that constant and open dialogue, too. And there are good days and bad days. There are days when I know they're rocked. I'm not going to pile on in a situation like that. And they know there are days when I'm getting rocked. And 99 times out of 100, they'll know, you know, hey, listen, i got to give this guy a little space. I know he's got a lot going on. But it can't be, it needs to be continuing evolution of a conversation. It can't be, you know, that's it and we're moving on. So it's, it's huge. I think the biggest point there is that we have to see them as teammates. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. it's not like we're trying to compete. Um, it's not like we're trying to hold their athletes out from competition. No. We have to be on the same page with mutual expectations. And that starts like you, an earlier point you made, going back to communication right from the start, having those coaches understand your style, having those coaches know how they can reach out to you if they have a concern. And then also having that rapport built right from the start so that you can have those hard conversations with the coaches mm -hmm. as well as the good ones. And, and that's mm -hmm. such a key is you have to treat that coaching relationship, coaches and administrators as a teammate versus um, we're just you know, coexisting. No, and, and your success is predicated upon their success as mm -hmm. well, too, and vice versa. So that's, that's a major factor. Mm -hmm. And again, it's team. you got to approach this as us together. It's not yeah. I versus them. It's, it's we in every sense. Yeah, I agree. Anyone else in the school district, a lot of times as athletic trainers, we get so caught up in the athletic department focus that we don't always do our due diligence mm -hmm. and being proactive to reach out to people outside of the athletic department who we may need as allies, not on a daily basis, but you know when certain cases arise and whatnot. So who are some other allies that you have in the school district or outside of the school district locally that you've built relationships with proactively um, to try and create them as part of your team as well? Within the Delcy family, it's the administration as well, too, because ultimately they're the ones that are steering, you know, the course of our ship here. I have a fantastic superintendent in Dr. Pierre Gravener. Um, again, a local lady whose family's been around here forever, really appreciates what I do, appreciates the positive influence athletics has on a community. I have a very strong principal in Franciciola, who is a college baseball player, so he understands what I'm doing. We have a, a vice principal here that played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was an offensive lineman. So I'm lucky to have individuals that are that positive regarding athletics in administrative position. Our business administrator, the bean counter, and he'll probably laugh for me calling him a uh -huh. bean counter because he does so much more than that, Joe yeah. Collins, played 
baseball at Seton Hall. So again, he has a strong athletic background. The community here is incredibly supportive of our athletics. Uh, right down to the VFW, when we have football camps, the guys come over and they name, make pancakes and eggs for the guys in the morning. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a great community involvement from the administration to the community and everyone involved. I think a big part of being an effective team is there almost like there is a community type feel. Mm -hmm. um, you have that, that personal and mutual understanding, but you also have that rapport built that you know you can mutually benefit one another as well. Plus, plus there's also that sermon attitude of just, I want to help others around Absolutely, me. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure athletic trainers are a part of many teams, if you want to call it, that they don't even realize they're a part of because of just what parents think about us or you know what the local administrators think about us about how we save the district money about the the things that we do from a risk prevention we don't always think about that stuff because we're so focused on the healthcare mm -hmm. but we're technically a part of that team as well absolutely. too absolutely i think another big part of it is like looking at the guidance counselors especially when it comes to concussion oh, management yeah, return to the, learn, yeah. the the teachers and the guidance team and the school um, if there's a, a school psychologist anything like that that's another important part of mm -hmm. our team that not every school has the benefit of, of having great resources in that area. So I think it's important for athletic trainers sometimes to go outside of their school if they have a lack of those resources in their district. What are some other areas that you think athletic trainers might have to look outside their school um, in terms of for some additional support if they don't have that immediately available to them within the walls? And I think uh, community businesses are a great way to approach things as well too. Uh, not only not only the medical practices that were so were so focused on gaining support of, mm -hmm. but the local pizza shop around the corner. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how much organizations like that are looking to give back to what we do here as well too, not only financially, but logistically as well too. Um, I have friends who take, for instance, if you have an away football game and you got a ton to carry, I have a friend who has a friend who owns a bakery and guess whose panel truck gets to take all the football equipment away. <laughs> so it's, yeah. you know, taking advantages of that. And again, I'm, I'm lucky and I'll say it again, that I live in a great community where I have the backing, where situations like that arise, there are plenty of people looking to step up. So I, I think you make a valid point with the guidance staff as well too, the, the considerable not influence, but the considerable role they play, not only from the athletic standpoint, but also the education standpoint. We're dealing with student athletes here, mm -hmm. and that's, that's our first priority, making sure these kids are in a position to learn. Everything else comes after. Yeah, absolutely. And you made a great point about the community partnerships as well, too, because you know the local pizzeria, they supported and helped you in an mm -hmm. area that was a big need of mm -hmm. yours from an athletic department perspective as well as sports medicine mm -hmm. perspective. You know, you never know when your budget is tight and you might have to do a fundraiser to get some an extra AED or something. Mm -hmm. And then you know what? Then you could potentially call on those local businesses that you've built relationships with uh, to do like a, a fundraiser to help out, to give back to the school. And ultimately just comes back to the concept of building an awareness of what you do as the athletic trainer at that school and the way that you're helping to impact the student athletes in the community. And then also being kind and, and you giving back to the mm -hmm. community as well and you going volunteering your time at special events or Absolutely. being visible at the different things the school is involved with, even if you're not necessarily in your role as the athletic trainer. Those little things all build that network. Mm -hmm. And you answer I, I, the phone. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got a question. Now, I know my son's in fifth grade. I know they're not at Delcy yet. Can I just bounce an idea off mm -hmm. you? You've established that relationship in yeah. the community, and you have the opportunity to 
to help guide these individuals through difficult times. And that's, it, it's a little bit of an honor. That sounds corny yeah. saying that, but the fact that they feel that comfortable with you, that they're that comfortable with the skill set of a licensed athletic trainer to say, can you help me out here? Because I really don't know how to attack it, and I know you can help me. And that, that's very humbling, but it's, it's a little nerve-wracking at times, too. Hey, am I steering these people in the right direction? Yeah, and also bigger than this, that's also how we help our profession grow mm -hmm. because it's that brand of mm -hmm. athletic training. And, that, and what does an athletic trainer do? Well, the more people that you have that understand it, that call you for those, those tips and that advice, you know they get it and they get what you do. And that's very, um, it is an honor. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. It's an honor to be able to have that. It's also a privilege and it's mm -hmm. something we can't take lightly. No, because it's a responsibility. People, yeah, exactly. People really count on what we have to say and they take it with, with a lot of weight. So um, that all that goes into building your team. And mm -hmm. I think when you have an effective team and you see the outcome of that uh, with reducing your errors, making your job more efficient on a daily basis, re reducing the communication breakdowns, those are all things that are values of really creating that team and being proactive about it versus reactive about it. In big picture speak, what do you describe as the key characteristics of an effective team? Um, regardless of setting, what, what does a team need to have to be effective? You no, know, it's kind of funny. And I, I knew that question was coming. Uh -huh. So I, it's called a PACE principle. We kind of come up with it's persistence, accountability, collaboration, and execution. If we look at those three specific focuses, um, persistence right off the bat, I know for me to become Relative, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure I'm doing the same thing every day and I'm doing it correctly. Uh, accountability. I want people to know that they're going to take, for instance, a coach. They know at 1 o'clock this afternoon they're going to be getting a daily injury report from me. That allows that coach to go out and plan their afternoon practice, to plan how they're going to attack a game that evening. If it doesn't come at 1 o'clock, they go, yo, where is it here, okay? I need, I need this information. I'm holding you accountable to step forward to help support our program. Um, again, if you look at collaboration, we spoke about that all the time. You're constantly communicating. The moment you shut down the communication, the train's gonna fall off the tracks. Mm -hmm. You've gotta constantly be speaking, and there are days when I don't feel like talking. I'm sure you have bad days, I have bad days, but that's where professionally you need to stand up. Right. You need to step up and say, okay, it's, it's a bad day, but we gotta keep moving forward. Again, execute. You need to make sure you're doing what you need to be doing for your program to be successful. Okay, and you can't just talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk too. They know that injury report's gonna be out there at one o'clock, yes it is. So I wanna tell them it's happening, it's gotta happen that way. Mm -hmm. The moment you start saying one thing and doing something else, you're gonna lose trust in your staff and that's where things start to go downhill awful quick, so. Yeah, those are great points regardless of what type, what type of team you're talking mm -hmm. about. And that, that kinda leads me into my next thing I wanted to ask you is, you're involved in a lot of different teams. Yeah. <laughs> you're a husband, you're a father, uh, you're a friend, mm -hmm. you are our state association president right now. Mm -hmm. you know, so what are these other teams like that you're a part of and how do you take those principles that we spoke about today here at the school and, and carry them over into those other teams to help you be effective in those roles? You and I like to talk about the work-life balance yeah. all the time. And I, I laugh, you know how you make an athletic trainer happy? You marry a coach because they just get it, okay? <laughs> so I married a coach who was a high school and college field hockey coach and she gets what I do, I get what she right. does. Now, does she still get angry when I come home late on a 
you know, a Thursday night after a game. Absolutely. But that's just, that's life. That's family. Mm -hmm. My kids get it as well too. And it's that give and take there as well too. If I want, if I tell my kid that I have to work late on a Friday night, I want to miss out an event for them. Then you know what? That Sunday, I'm going to step up and say, hey, listen, we missed out on them. Let's catch up on Sunday. Let's hit Angelo's Diner for breakfast. Let's go into the city and walk around a little bit. And again, it's that whole idea of accountability, not only professionally, but to your family as well, too, because, you know, that correlation there. Once the family starts to go downhill, it it affects so many other factors there. So, Mm -hmm. you know. First and foremost, there is family. Um, the State Society has been a great outlet for me. I get to interact with people like you. Um, I've gained so many friends, so many acquaintances, so many avenues of which to expand what we do to get better. Um, selfishly, that's been great. And it also allows me to give back to the profession that's offered so much as well, too. Um, you know, I'm involved with the Adam Taliaferro Foundation, another okay. Penn State guy. Um, that is a fantastic organization that helps give back to those individuals that have, you know, sustained a traumatic injury in their life. It, it, they step forward to help to help them in whatever need they they have. And I'm also involved with the State Athletic Association too. And again, it's you're trying to bridge the gap between the coaches and the medical field. And that's the perfect opportunity to do that. And athletic administrators as well too. I'm lucky I got one of the best in the area with Ken Chow. He appreciates what I do. I appreciate what he does. And again, it goes back to the collaboration. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you got to constantly be communicating. So I, I tell my new kids, get your hands dirty. Get involved with your state society. Get involved with your state athletic association. Get that collaboration starting. Get that communication starting. And not only will it be beneficial for your kids here, but it's also going to be beneficial for you as a professional. I think it's, it's easy to forget at times that we are a team with our profession, mm-hmm. our fellow colleagues. You know, athletic trainers as a whole are a team. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also a team with physical therapists and other mm-hmm. healthcare Absolutely. practitioners mm-hmm. and providers too. So when you look at it from the mindset of these are my teammates and how can all boats rise, I think it opens, it opens your eyes and it opens your mindset a little bit to how you can collaborate, how you deal with problems, how we work together to elevate our profession versus feeling like you're siloed. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. you know, that's whether it's your family or your professional networks, you can't do it all alone, no. but you also can't do it all yourself. And there's many times we do need support. We have to ask for help. Um, but we also have to do the work to make sure that those teammates that we have in our circle, whoever they may be, there is that communication that's ha- happening, that there is that mutual understanding. There is that um, give and take of being able to help each other out. Mm-hmm. And you know, the example you, you made, I can relate to pertaining to, you know, well, I got to work late on Friday, but you know what? Sunday, I'm going to be there. We'll do something special. That balance, that's such a crucial thing. And it, that stuff doesn't happen if you don't have a good support team around you. Because if you don't have a good support team around you, you get burned out. You feel like you can't get things accomplished over time. Um, things pile up, and that's a big challenge. And, and unfortunately, that happened a lot in our profession. Would you agree? Like, you get oh, here a lot absolutely. of feedback about No, that. And, and for the past half hour, we've been speaking about everything we do for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Okay, our athletes, our school, our community, right. our family, our societies and state organizations. What about you as an individual? Mm-hmm. What about you as an individual? Burnout, considerable issue with athletic training. Think about what's an average day for an athletic trainer? You know, 
10 hours? What's an average week? 50 to 60? What's a weekend? Who knows? Mm -hmm. That can really beat up a medical professional, particularly an athletic trainer. So if you're not taking time for yourself, again, that can cause that cascade to occur again. Mm -hmm. And it, it just puts you in a bad place. You have to make time to take care of yourself as well, too. That's a great point. Um, because you yourself are a part of that team. And mm -hmm. if you're not a healthy part of that team, exactly. then you're a broken part of that what team. What are you really contributing exactly. if, you, if you come in at 50% or 40%? Okay, you, you're putting the people that you care about, family, school, whatever, you're putting them behind the eight ball because you're not bringing your best. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that, that comment. That's so, so true, mm -hmm. so true. I always like to wrap up things with some key takeaways, some, mm -hmm. some actionable steps. So what would you say are the two or three most important things athletic trainers can do immediately to not only reinforce the current team they have, but if they do recognize there's parts that are missing, to proactively bridge that and create that team? Right off the bat, it's communication. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's number one thing. Speak to people. Ask questions, interact with people. Just don't sit in the clinic and email out. Get face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. get on the sidelines with your coaches, get into the coach's room before, get into the coach's room after, okay? You gotta become one with them. It's not a them versus us, it's, it's a we mentality. I think that's the first step. Secondly, it's gotta be organization. I think organization and administration in the field of athletic training, I think is probably the least sexy, for lack of a better yeah. term, okay? Yeah. But I tell you what, that's the foundation which you're building everything else up on. If you don't have your ducks in a row, there's no way you're going to be able to effectively do your job. Mm -hmm. They're the two things right there, I think, are the, are the most important, uh, particularly a young individual coming out of college right now. Valuable, valuable. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we learn those out the hard way because mm -hmm. of mistakes that we make and, and the challenge that we face in our career. And um, hearing it, you know, another podcast coming up is going to be with, uh, um, with two great professionals who really focus on committing a lot of their energy to mentoring our future athletic trainers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very valuable message for our future athletic mm -hmm. trainers, too, is to learn that right from the start of that's what it takes. you got to create your team around you. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin, all your information is going to be in the, in the bio for this in terms of your background mm -hmm. and, and contact information. But you know, do you have any parting words or any last thoughts that you'd like to, to leave our listeners with? And embrace every day. Embrace every day. There's not a day goes by where I don't laugh a dozen times. And it, it's that corny adage that, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's, and is it corny? Yes. Is it truthful? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, KB, I appreciate the time. Good stuff. This great great conversation. I'm sure we'll, we'll do another one again at some point. Mm -hmm. Excited. Uh, we have uh, ATS and J conference mm -hmm. coming up in a few months, and yeah, uh, this do. podcast will drop before that. So outstanding. Um, definitely going to try and do what we can to elevate our state as well. Mm -hmm. So and elevate our state as well too. We have EAT, EATA coming up in yep. January, and we want to make sure we have great representation up in Connecticut, and, and and promoting everything we do within the state of New Jersey. Absolutely, awesome. Thanks, Kevin. All right, buddy. Yep. Have a great day. You too. There you have it. Great conversation with Kevin. And I hope it really makes you think about who you have on your team. I think some of those that we discussed were pretty obvious in terms of, you know, as athletic trainers, we recognize those are people that we have to, to consider part of our team. But there was also some in there that we talked about that maybe we don't think about quite often, but really should nurture those relationships. We appreciate your feedback on social media. 
Uh, hit us up uh, with your questions. I appreciate, as always, share this episode with one athletic trainer or one athletic training community that you're a part of. We really want to try and help to educate and, and elevate athletic trainers through these messages to really ultimately bring you more satisfaction and, and more effectiveness in your, your career and your life. If you haven't yet subscribed, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. That way you catch every episode that's uh, coming out in 2020. we got really exciting stuff coming up uh, in the next couple weeks with uh, EATA and the ATSNJ uh, conference going on next month. So excited to connect with, uh, with more of my fellow colleagues out there. We're going to be recording some great episodes over the next few weeks and uh, excited to bring them to you over the course of 2020. As always, I, I wish you the best of success in what you're doing. Continue to do the great things you're doing as an athletic trainer and continue to make a positive impact on those that you serve. Make 2020 your best year ever. I'm confident you can do it. I hope you're just as confident that you can as well. Wish you all the best. Take care.